the count stood like one changed to stone, and turning to the bewildered crowd, Ferdinand added, with a gay smile of triumph, To you, my gallant friends, I can only wish that your wooing may prosper as mine has done, and that you may all win as fair a bride as I have by this masked marriage. S. Pickwick Why is the PC like the Tower of Babel? It is full of unruly members. THE HISTORY OF A SQUASH Once upon a time a farmer planted a little seed in his garden, and after a while it sprouted and became a vine, and bore many squashes. One day in October, when they were ripe, he picked one and took it to market. A grocer man bought and put it in his shop. That same morning a little girl in a brown hat and blue dress with a round face and snub nose, went and bought it for her mother. She lugged it home, cut it up, and boiled it in the big pot, mashed some of it with salt and butter for dinner, and to the rest she added a pint of milk, two eggs, four spoons of sugar, nutmeg, and some crackers, put it in a deep dish, and baked it till it was brown and nice, and next day it was eaten by a family named March. T. Tupman. Mr. Pickwick, sir, I address you upon the subject of sin. The sinner, I mean, is a man named Winkle, who makes trouble in his club by laughing and sometimes won't write his piece in this fine paper. I hope you will pardon his badness and let him send a French fable because he can't write out of his head, as he has so many lessons to do and no brains. In future I will try to take time by the fetlock and prepare some work which will be all cummy, low foe, that means all right. I am in haste, as it is nearly school time. Yours respectably, N. Winkle. The above is a manly and handsome acknowledgment of past misdemeanors. If our young friend studied punctuation, it would be well. A Sad Accident on Friday last we were startled by a violent shock in our basement, followed by cries of distress. On rushing in a body to the cellar, we discovered our beloved president prostrate upon the floor, having tripped and fallen while getting wood for domestic purposes. A perfect scene of ruin met our eyes, for in his fall Mr. Pickwick had plunged his head and shoulders into a tub of water, upset a keg of soft soap upon his manly form, and torn his garments badly. On being removed from this perilous situation, it was discovered that he had suffered no injury but several bruises, and we are happy to add is now doing well. E.D. THE PUBLIC BEREAVEMENT It is our painful duty to record the sudden and mysterious disappearance of our cherished friend Mrs. Snowball Patpaw, this lovely and beloved cat was the pet of a large circle of warm and admiring friends. For her beauty attracted all eyes, her graces and virtues endeared her to all hearts, and her loss is deeply felt by the whole community. When last seen, she was sitting at the gate, watching the butcher's cart, and it is feared that some villain tempted by her charms basely stole her. Weeks have passed, but no trace of her has been discovered and we relinquish all hope, tie a black ribbon to her basket, 
set aside her dish, and weep for her as one lost to us forever. A sympathizing friend sends the following gem, A Lament, for S.B. Patpaw. We mourn the loss of our little pet, and sigh o'er her hapless fate, for never more by the fire she'll sit, nor play by the old green gate. The little grave where her infant sleeps is neath the chestnut tree, but o'er her grave we may not weep, we know not where it may be. Her empty bed, her idle ball, will never see her more. No gentle tap, no loving purr is heard at the parlor door. Another cat comes after her mice, a cat with a dirty face, but she does not hunt as our darling did, nor play with her airy grace. Her stealthy paws tread the very hall where Snowball used to play, but she only spits at the dogs our pet so gallantly drove away. She is useful and mild and does her best, but she is not fair to see. And we cannot give her your place, dear, nor worship her as we worship thee. A.S. Advertisements Miss Oranthy Bluggage, the accomplished strong-minded lecturer, will deliver her famous lecture on Woman and Her Position at Pickwick Hall next Saturday evening, after the usual performances. A weekly meeting will be held at Kitchen Place to teach young ladies how to cook, Hannah Brown will preside, and all are invited to attend. The Dustpan Society will meet on Wednesday next and parade in the upper story of the clubhouse. All members to appear in uniform and shoulder their brooms at nine precisely. Miss Beth Bouncer will open her new assortment of dolls millinery next week. The latest Paris fashions have arrived, and orders are respectfully solicited. A new play will appear at the Barnville Theatre in the course of a few weeks, which will surpass anything ever seen on the American stage. The Greek Slave, or Constantine the Avenger, is the name of this thrilling drama. Hints If S.P. didn't use so much soap on his hands, he wouldn't always be late at breakfast. A.S. is requested not to whistle in the street. T.T., please don't forget Amy's napkin. N.W. must not fret because his dress has not nine tucks. Weekly Report Meg Good, Joe Bad, Beth Very Good, Amy Middling. As the President finished reading the paper, which I beg leave to assure my readers is a bona fide copy of one written by bona fide girls once upon a time, a round of applause followed, and then Mr. Snodgrass rose to make a proposition. Mr. President and gentlemen, he began, assuming a parliamentary attitude and tone, I wish to propose the admission of a new member, one who highly deserves the honor would be deeply grateful for it, and would add immensely to the spirit of the club, the literary value of the paper, and be no end jolly and nice. I propose Mr. Theodore Lawrence as an honorary member of the P.C. Come now, do have him. Joe's sudden change of tone made the girls laugh, but all looked rather anxious, and no one said a word as Snodgrass took his seat. We'll put it to a vote, said the President. 
All in favor of this motion, please to manifest it by saying aye. A loud response from Snodgrass followed, to everybody's surprise, by a timid one from Beth. Contrary-minded say no. Meg and Amy were contrary-minded, and Mr. Winkle rose to say with great elegance, We don't wish any boys. They only joke and bounce about. This is a ladies' club, and we wish to be private and proper. I'm afraid he'll laugh at our paper and make fun of us afterward, observed Pickwick, pulling the little curl on her forehead as she always did when doubtful. Up rose Snodgrass, very much in earnest. Sir, I give you my word as a gentleman. Laurie won't do anything of the sort. He likes to write, and he'll give a tone to our contributions and keep us from being sentimental, don't you see? We could do so little for him, and he does so much for us. I think the least we can do is offer him a place here and make him welcome if he comes. This artful allusion to benefits conferred brought Tupman to his feet, looking as if he had quite made up his mind. Yes, we ought to do it, even if we are afraid. I say, he may come, and his grandpa too, if he likes. This spirited burst from Beth electrified the club, and Joe left her seat to shake hands approvingly. Now then, vote again. Everybody remember it's our lorry, and say aye, cried Snodgrass excitedly. Aye, 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 replied three voices at once. Good, bless you. Now, as there's nothing like taking time by the fetlock, as Winkle characteristically observes, allow me to present the new member. And to the dismay of the rest of the club, Joe threw open the door of the closet and displayed lorry sitting on a rag bag. "'flushed and twinkling with suppressed laughter. "'You rogue! You traitor! Joe, how could you?' cried the three girls, "'as Snodgrass led her friend triumphantly forth, "'and producing both a chair and a badge, installed him in a jiffy. "'The coolness of you two rascals is amazing,' began Mr. Pickwick, "'trying to get up an awful frown, and only succeeding in producing an amiable smile. "'But the new member was equal to the occasion,' and rising, with a grateful salutation to the chair, said in the most engaging manner, Mr. President and ladies, I beg pardon, gentlemen, allow me to introduce myself as Sam Weller, the very humble servant of the club. Good, good, cried Joe, pounding with the handle of the old warming-pan on which she leaned. My faithful friend and noble patron, continued Laurie with a wave of the hand, who has so flatteringly presented me, is not to be blamed for the base stratagem of tonight. I planned it, and she only gave in after lots of teasing. Come now, don't lay it all on yourself. You know I proposed the cupboard, broke in Snodgrass, who was enjoying the joke amazingly. Never mind what she says. I'm the wretch that did it, sir, said the new member, with a Weller-esque nod to Mr. Pickwick. "'but on my honor I never will do so again, "'and henceforth devote myself to the interest of this immortal club.' "'Hear, hear!' cried Joe, "'clashing the lid of the warming-pan like a cymbal. "'Go on, go on,' added Winkle and Tupman, "'while the President bowed benignly. "'I merely wish to say that as a slight token of my gratitude "'for the honor done me, "'and as a means of promoting friendly relations "'between adjoining nations,' I have set up a post-office in the hedge in the lower corner of the garden, 
a fine spacious building with padlocks on the doors and every convenience for the males also the females if i may be allowed the expression it's the old martin house but i've stopped up the door and made the roof open so it will hold all sorts of things and save our valuable time letters manuscripts books and bundles can be passed in there and as each nation has a key it will be uncommonly nice i fancy allow me to present the club key and with many thanks for your favor take my seat great applause as mr weller deposited a little key on the table and subsided the warming pan clashed and waved wildly and it was some time before order could be restored a long discussion followed and everyone came out surprising for everyone did her best so it was an unusually lively meeting and did not adjourn till a late hour when it broke up with three shrill cheers from the new member no one ever regretted the admittance of sam weller for a more devoted well-behaved and jovial member no club could have he certainly did add spirit to the meetings and a tone to the paper for his orations convulsed his hearers and his contributions were excellent being patriotic classical comical or dramatic but never sentimental joe regarded them as worthy of bacon milton or shakespeare and remodeled her own works with good effect she thought the p o was a capital little institution and flourished wonderfully for nearly as many queer things passed through it as through the real post office tragedies and cravats poetry and pickles garden seeds and long letters music and gingerbread rubbers invitations scoldings and puppies the old gentleman liked the fun and amused himself by sending odd bundles mysterious messages and funny telegrams and his gardener who was smitten with hannah's charms actually sent a love letter to joe's care how they laughed when the secret came out never dreaming how many love letters that little post office would hold in the years to come End of chapter 10